As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Welcome to the Leaf Report. This is Clark here. Hello, everybody. James, we are into July. Um, the weather's starting to get nicer, although not so much today. Are you feeling feeling good about life? You know, things seem to be slowly kind of getting back to normal. We're, we're, we're in a good spot, I think. Getting better. Yeah. I got, the, I got the double vax there on the weekend. So Whoop-de-whoops. Yeah. So there's no more worrying about <laughs> finding, finding the website and waiting in the queue to get an appointment and do all that stuff. And obviously there's, you know, the, the caseloads and everything in Ontario are way down. So... Go get your vaccination, everybody. Go right. get it. Agreed, 100%. And it's pretty easy to get it done. Um, but but James, just off the top, I think we just want to thank everyone for listening. It's the off season. Um, but there's still a lot going on. So today we are going to, we've got three topics, two pretty big topics and one smaller topic to get into. We're going to discuss Morgan Riley's situation, which you and I obviously wrote about. If you haven't read that story, go to The Athletic. Uh, or if you haven't signed up, go to theathletic.com slash leave report and check that out. And then today, on the day that we're recording this, we released uh, a deep dive into goalie options for the Leafs to pursue this summer with Frederick Anderson uh, a pending UFA. Uh, and then we'll get into Wayne Simmons sticking around for a couple more years. So I leave it to you, James. Who, what would you like to discuss first, Riley or the goalies? Let's talk about the goalies. They're kind of fresh in mind, given that we've been working on that story the last few days. Okay. So where do you want to start with this? Um, I I think what we went into this process thinking, well, are are there really that many options that that are better than Frederick Anderson? I think I came away with thinking, yes. Obviously, Frederick Anderson's had two pretty tough years. 
Um, what did you kind of learn from, from going through the process, talking to people, looking into numbers and yeah, all I that? think that that's right. I think that we ended up coming up with a list of 16 goalies that made some level of sense and that are potentially available to the Leafs. And I think, I think most of them would work, you know, to varying degrees. So the complicated thing, I think, in us figuring out this story is that when you have 16 names, it makes sense. That's a lot. Like, it's not like you can do a deep dive on 16 different different goaltenders. So, and measuring goalie success is like, we had some guys in there who had only played like 30 NHL games. And then you have other guys who were Vesna Trophy, Stanley Cup winning goalies. Like, how are you supposed to compare the two? So, um, it, w- it was an interesting exercise to try and compare them as fits for the Leafs. And, and we tried to weigh things like how much will it cost to acquire them? What will their cap hit be? You know, what are, you know, what's their contractual situation? Do they have term on their deal? Things like that. Um, and, and, but also obviously weighing their ability and, and the likelihood that they're going to be a good goalie for the Leafs. And, mm-hmm. But I, like you, I came away, I would not bring Frederick Anderson back. Uh, I, I think that there's a lot of options and I just think that there's a bit of bad mojo around Frederick Anderson. Um, you know, his, his last two seasons in Toronto were his two worst seasons. Yeah. And, uh, and I also think that he's going to be able to command a contract in free agency from another team that is willing to take a chance on him rebounding to what he was. And I don't think the Leafs are going to be able to do that. Yeah. I, I say like my initial thought is like, there's no way someone's going to give him $5 million plus a year. And yet, you look like last offseason, Matt Murray got a big contract. Brayden Holpe got a big contract. Those guys... You won't get five. I, I, I don't... Like, it's in a flat cap environment. You wouldn't I, I can't think see. so, but like... Unless he's willing to go to, like, somewhere that makes no... I don't know. I mean, I what mean, if Edmonton comes to... Like, what is... You know what I mean? Like, it all it takes is have, one. But they don't have a lot of cap space, though. True. Like they, Carolina, they, maybe? Although they're not going to overspend, I wouldn't think. I don't think he's going to get. You know, there was a report that that he's at, he was interested in, in getting a, a big contract again. I don't think that's going to happen, but I do think that there could be. You know, there have been teams that have kicked tires on Frederick Anderson the last couple of years. Certainly, last summer when uh, there was talk that the Leafs might move on from him, I I think that he could get like three years at like three and a half million and and a contract like that makes no sense at all for the Leafs. And some, some of the goalies that I liked, you know, like Kudobin. Yeah. Um, you know, they're going to, they're going to get term on their deals. And I don't know if I'm the Leafs that if I really want a goalie, that's going to have like three years on their contract. Well, so I think the Anderson situation, we should take a second and, and break down a little further. I just, I agree with you. I don't see any way that you can do it. I understand that you could look around and be like, well, all these other options, like, are they really better than Anderson? Like, are they worth yeah. the cost? But like, given what's happened, I just don't think you can do it. Like, I think it would be, I think it would be a mistake. Like, obviously there's the possibility that he comes back and in some world, like he redeems himself, he plays well. And like, I just don't think you can take the chance after what's gone on. And, and like you talked about the bad mojo, like it just, it doesn't feel right that, that you bring him back after everything that's happened. I think the only way it happens, Jonas, is if, you know, the Leafs miss out on their top four or five options for who they wanted. And Frederick Anderson isn't able to get what he was expecting. 
Yeah. And it's kind of like a musical chairs and there's one chair left and one goalie. Yeah. But there's one goalie left and the least are like, want to come for one year at two million or two and a half million? Yeah. That's that's, that's the only way it would work. I don't think it's gonna okay. I don't think it's gonna happen. I think that I think someone else is gonna gonna take a, a chance on him and the Leafs are gonna have to take a chance on a different goalie. It's time. Like you can only like I, I get their stance in some ways with their core. But like you can't keep running the same thing back over and over and again and just like expect the results to change. Um, let's let's go through some of the names that kind of intrigued us and we'll start kind of near the bottom. You mentioned Kudobin. It, it's funny, like I, you and I both liked him and yet he scored third from the bottom. Uh, and obviously the reasons, as we pointed out, are his age. He's 35 and he's got two more years at, at 3.33. Is there a world in which like if if... Dallas was willing to eat some of that contract that you would really look at that more closely in spite of, you know, some of the, the red flags, I guess you would call yeah, them. Yeah. I mean, like if Dallas says, you know what, we'll eat half that contract. And I mean, if he had one year left on his deal, it's a it no makes brainer. a lot of sense. He moves yeah. quite, I just worry that he didn't have a great season. He's, he's an older goalie uh, and he's got the two years. I don't really want him at 3.3 for, for two years. Yeah. They, I mean, if they are going to eat a big chunk of the contract and all of a sudden, you know, he's in the low twos, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Maybe that makes sense. Because in, in the couple years before last year, he performed really well. And obviously, he helped Dallas get to the, the Stanley Cup final. And from what I understand, there was some issues, you know, with his role last year. Playing time wasn't maybe the same as it had been. You know, Bishop was hurt. It just got a little muddier um but he's he's been pretty good in that in that kind of number one b backup kind of role and i think he'd be a nice fit with campbell um so maybe like so maybe if if, like you're saying dallas is willing to eat something like i mean dallas has a a complicated goalie situation they got three guys there's a chance that that maybe you know ronta or ronta hudobin gets chosen in expansion so we'll see um, John Gibson. What do you think? I think I think John John Gibson is another one where the contract is is the only thing that gives you the pause because you know if you could take a chance on John Gibson for you know if he had like a two year deal or a three year deal and it was four million or five million or what then but he's got six years left at six point four is the number I think like mm-hmm. it's a big number it's a lot of years. His, I know his save percentage has been low the last couple of years, but it's interesting if you look at some of like the more advanced statistics, his numbers are look a lot better. Um, yeah, and James, you know what? Just to interrupt you on that that point, I went and watched some of their games just in this exercise, and it's just like chance, 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 chance. Is like they're giving up a lot, and you look, you look. Their team has obviously gotten worse the last couple of years, and what intrigues me about him is like you look in terms of like how we scored it in terms of ability upside he's like right near the top because like right now you would be buying him at a low point um and you're betting that with a better team in front of him he's going to get back to being like right maybe not a Vesna winner but right on the edge of that conversation it's just like like you said the contract just makes it such a a big gamble but like if you're management james would any part of you just be like you know what if, if this doesn't work, we're not going to be here. Like, I, I don't think that's the way they operate. They've, they've never shown that to be the case. 
But would any part of you just be like, this guy has the most upside, he's still young-ish? Well, the the thing we weren't able to determine in putting this together was what would it take for Anaheim to trade him? My guess is if they're going to trade him and and if, if the team wants Anaheim to retain salary, it's going to be a really expensive trade to make. So that's another mm-hmm. factor that, that we looked at is if you have to give up a major asset for a goalie, that that decreases their value to the Leafs because, I mean, for one, the Leafs don't have a lot of draft capital. They don't have a lot of prospect nope. capital. Um, nope. And and the other thing, there's a lot of goalies in our list that, that it's not going to cost anything for you to get. So yeah. you need Gibson to be that much better than the, all the other options if you're going to give up an asset and give up. And the Leafs just don't have a ton of cap space to dedicate to goaltending. Like, I, I don't... My guess is they're not going to spend more than four million on this this goalie, and in an ideal world, it's going to be somewhere between like two and a half and four million is is what they're looking at spending on this other on this next goalie. And mm. when you get to a guy that's making six point four, uh, you would need Anaheim to retain a lot of that, and there's a lot of years left, so that can get that would just up the asking price for what the Ducks are going to want. Yeah, well, the way I understand it is like. He's like their guy, um, in spite of everything that's gone well, he's on. He's one of the best goalies in the league here for a he, number of years. Right. And obviously they chose him over Frederick Anderson. Here's the, the thing I wonder with him, James. If I'm watching these playoffs and I'm watching Price and I'm watching Vasilevsky and I'm looking at some of the other guys on the list, how many of those guys are you thinking can be that? Can be that goalie who who gets you to a cup final. Now maybe they think Jack Campbell could be that guy, and maybe so. Maybe you don't need a John Gibson, but like what would be appealing to, to me is I would look at Gibson and say he can be that for me. Yep, yep. But but but, and that's the the big thing. So let's move to the next couple guys that I want to kind of pinpoint together because I think they're they're interesting and they ranked pretty closely. Uh, is Yarrow Halak and Linus Allmark? Um, which of the two? Do you kind of prefer? Um, well, you, you know what? I I, I th- think Allmark will get more than one year on a contract. So, you know, one of the things that's kind of appealing about some of these, the goalies like Halak, who's older, and is he's probably just going to get a one-year deal and it's probably not going to be a lot of money. Like, I think Allmark's going to get more years and I think he's going to get more money than Halak. And there's no guarantee that his performance is going to be better. Yeah, I guess the, the the Leafs are still don't know what Jack Campbell is fully. They need this this coming yes. season to decide. So you, maybe you don't really want to commit to your second goalie very much. Maybe you you really just want a guy that's got one year left on his deal, and then that that sh- that makes this list a lot shorter than. But I mean, then again, to add like another layer to this, you could always trade one of the two goalies if it turns out that like, it, let's say you sign Allmark for two years or three years and he plays really, really well and Campbell plays well. You could go, well, that's not a bad situation to be in where you need to trade one of those guys. Yeah. And that's the, that's the upside with, with Allmark. He's younger. I think he's, what is he? 27. Um, he's had two pretty good years. He just doesn't have like a, a an especially long track record. And so if you're signing him to a two-year contract, you're kind of gambling a bit and you're gambling obviously a little bit on Jack Campbell. And like our sense is that they're, they're looking for a guy who can kind of complement Campbell and be the starter if Campbell kind of regresses some. The thing I like about Halak, like I, I liked him more than I thought I would is I just think he kind of fits perfectly into what you're saying, what they need for a one-year solution. Um, 
you can evaluate Campbell in the starter's role. He's a good number two. If he needs to play more, he can play more. He's been like, he's experienced. He's played in the playoffs a bunch. Like I I just kind of like the idea of what you're talking about with cap space. Maybe you're dedicating like under 4 million to your two goalies. And then, you know, if Campbell has a great year, he's UFA next summer. You you look at it and you look at, you you kind of have more clarity. So so Halak like yeah interests if you me can get in Halak that way. for like two million, which might be possible, and he has a pretty solid year, and Campbell has a solid year. You put yourself in a pretty good position because all of a sudden you've got a lot more money to spend elsewhere. The Leafs have roughly around fifteen million to spend if they're not bringing Zach Hyman mm-hmm. back. If you only spend two million on on the second goaltender, then you've got thirteen million essentially to dedicate to two forwards in your top six and one more forward yeah. in, in your bottom six. And that that's a quite a bit of money. Like you could you could bring in two five million dollar forwards. Well and, and I've I've started looking into the the options up front. There are a lot of options up front. Like there are a lot of pretty good players available and that's not always the case obviously in free agency. So I kind of like, like that. Up front? Who's who's the Oh, James, that's another I podcast. Know it is. I, I just, have a whole sp- just draw, give us a, a kernel of excitement. I have to pull up my spreadsheet. Like Brandon, Brandon Sod's kind of interesting to me. I mean, he's probably going to be too expensive for them to be interested in, but that's the thing. Like with Brandon Sod, if you're going to sign Brandon Sod, you may as well sign Zach Hyman. Like I don't, um, but he's one of the names that that's bolded on my list. Like Blake Coleman, Alex Wenberg, your boy Granlund. Like there's some interesting names that that kind of fit Schwartz. what they're about. Jaden Schwartz, he, he didn't have a great year last year, but that guy can skate. But anyway, let's get back to the goalies. Um, this one I think is 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 pretty interesting. Uh, Alex Nedeljkovic in uh, Carolina. Yeah, I mean, I, he, I don't know if he's yeah, going to be... He doesn't make a lot of sense to me. He scored pretty high on our list. Obviously, he came fifth. I, I just don't really see it. Well, I don't 100% know if he's going to be available or not. I mean, he had a good year. Carolina, you would think. I mean, he's been pegged as the goalie of the future in Carolina for a few years, but he's RFA and, you know, I mean, the Leafs could go the offer sheet route if they wanted, you know, yeah, yeah. And, or they could they could make a trade for him. So we included him on our list because I think potentially Carolina could go a different route with their goaltending. But um, it's interesting, you know. We have some, so like I like you say you didn't you don't like Nadelkovich just because he's unproven. But then you had Dreger like so high on your list that yeah, it's a fair, it's a very fair criticism. I am levying that criticism. <laughs> I think I think I think it's fair. I, I questioned like Dreger feels high. Like I don't I mean we didn't game this, like we didn't decide, we just put in our numbers and this is what it came out. I would like if I was not going by our the Myrtle goalie algorithm TM, um, I would have him probably fifth, Dreger. Um but yeah, it's an interesting question. Like why why should you believe in Dreger's upside when Nedeljkovic is a, was a better prospect, had obviously a, a really good season, doesn't have that much less experience. I don't know, like younger by a couple years. Like You're buying into the big goalie theory lately, I see. 
Yeah, he's six. Jijer's six four. There have been some good small uh, goalies though. Like Saros had a had a pretty good. His head he had some a good, great year. Yeah, he's had some good seasons, and he's a he, he's probably the smallest guy in the league. Halak's not not a big goalie. Um, I guess I guess like we let's actually, follow a, up on we that. We have a bunch of small goalies on this list. Bernier, yeah. smaller. Yeah, Hallmark's not big. <laughs> no, Grant is not big. Is he? Kemper Kemper's big. Mm. Leonard's big. Um, but but let's follow up on Dreger because I I think that kind of gets at the the heart of the issue with him is what we touched on before with Campbell. Like you're already kind of rolling dice a bit on Campbell. And and as much as Dreger, like Dreger might get claimed in expansion, so this might be mood. Yeah, um, but I, why would they claim a guy who's a UFA? I guess I guess they could to sign him and make him their goalie. I yeah, don't know, but they could just wait till he's UFA and sign him and make him their goalie. Yeah, also true. Yeah, maybe like true. I haven't looked at Florida's protect. Like, isn't doesn't Florida have an issue with? They don't pre- have great candidates. Is part don't, of don't the they thing. have to expose a pretty good defenseman though? Not from the mock drafts that I saw. Oh. Well, because I thought because Yandel has no movement clause, like they obviously have to protect Ekblad, Uyghur. It feels like Florida would have some. I I can't remember off the top of my head. I remember looking at the mock drafts like that the Athletic has done, and it's it's not great. Um, but like if if he so if he's willing to sign like a two year deal for I don't know three million per. Are you willing to kind of roll the dice? I heard at one point there was going to be some sort of a side deal in the. Seattle liked Trigger and they were going to figure something out with Florida to get to, to make it so that that was their guy. So we'll see if that comes to fruition or not. That was a rumor I had heard. Hmm. All right. Um, before we get to the Vegas goalies, um, Darcy Kemper, I like, like, I like the idea. Um, he's, he's got one more year left on his contract. Arizona is going nowhere right now. Um, there was talk obviously last off season that, that he was going to be a guy, the Leafs, or he was a guy that the Leafs looked at closely and obviously didn't trade for. The price was high. I'd have to think the price is, is not the same. The first round pick, like that's probably out the window now. Um, if, if Arizona is willing to, to eat a chunk of that last year and you don't have to give up very much, like he makes a lot of sense as like a, a 1B yeah. with Campbell yeah, dep- to me. Yeah, depending on what the trade looks like, that's that's the one that from everything we went through, that's the one I would look at. That's the one that makes the most sense to me. I don't know what Arizona is going to want. I mean, the thing that's changed is that Kemper is coming off a really tough year where he was hurt most of the year and didn't play a lot. Yep. Arizona is not really competitive. And, and Arizona's got the uh, the Hill kid coming that they like. Hill, yeah. That they really like. Um, who they're, you know, talk is potentially they could protect him in expansion. And then all of a sudden Kemper is sitting there available and, Mm-hmm. And the thing too is that Kemper has had some really, really good years. You know, he's had some years as a number one where his numbers are right up there with the best goalies in the league. So, yep. You know, we talked about upside. I don't know what we gave Kemper for upside on this thing. Seven point eight. Yeah. Which was one, two, three, fourth highest. Right. I believe. So just behind like the best goalies on the list. Hmm. That's the thing I like. Like if you could get a goalie that potentially could just come out and have a monster season, that would make such a big difference for the Leafs. Like if if we're talking about Campbell getting 40 starts and this other goalie getting 40 starts and and let's say Campbell has a solid year and then this goalie comes out and is a 920 goalie. Yep. Goes a long way to the Leafs, you know, contending for the division or whatever. Or winning. Yeah. And winning. Like the point is to win. Like they need a goalie who's going to help them win a cup. 
Speaking of which, the two Vegas goalies. Now, we think there's a chance that that they're going to move one. Um, we saw in the playoffs that they used both guys. Um, they, they couldn't score. So you wonder if, if they're comfortable committing that much cap space. About um, No, I think that they're going to think about trading one of the goalies. Is, is what it, that's what it sounds like to me. So now, why would they trade Leonard? Like, wouldn't... The tough thing is Flurry just won the Vesna. Like, it's... But it's complicated. I mean, Flurry was one of the guy, one of the first players on... He was the first marquee player they had. Yes. The right. owner loves him. The fans love him. He's become the face of that franchise in the time they've been there. There's... Like, if you go to Vegas, there's tons of Flurry jerseys everywhere. And... Yep. He had a monster season. He just won the Vesna. There's a lot of reasons for them to be, you know what? Flurry's old, but he's still good. He, our, our fan base loves him. Our owner loves him. And, and like, you know, Laner didn't have an amazing season. He's got a lot of term left on his contract. Maybe you're less sure that he's going to be able to deliver on that contract. Yeah, that's fair. And and maybe you, you say, you know what? Uh, we'd be better off using that cap space elsewhere. The question is, like, what would you, if you're, if you're Kelly McCrimmon, what do you even ask for? let's say in a hypothetical conversation with the Leafs, like it's not like they have scoring that they can give you really. And it's not like they, you know what I mean? Like, I don't even know yeah. what would make sense but, but Vegas, in a trade. If they make trade one of their goalies, it's to create cap space for them to be able to do something else. Like if they, they just yeah, decide right. we don't want to dedicate 12 million to the goalies again, because we need to sign another impact forward. Right. So, in, so as you, you just flip them for futures. As kinda? you said, yeah, as you said earlier, or, or like a young player that fits in well or, you know. Right, yeah. But yeah, like I mean, it's the same thing though. Like, the, the, And that's why, you know, Lehner is a, a couple names down our list because, you know, we thought that, I mean, his, his contract is relatively big. You're committing to four years. Um, the acquisition cost in a trade is relatively high. Mm-hmm. Um, but the I, highest according to our I like Lehner though. I mean, he's been a good goalie for a long number of years and... Yep. And, and and five million is not really a prohibitively expensive contract. So No, and then and then even if Jack Campbell doesn't have a great year, you're you kind of feel decent about where you're at beyond this season and goal. But I don't want to give up like I don't know, I don't want to give up like a first round pick or something. So it's gonna be a situation where like Vegas just decides they need to move one of these guys and that's that. And the other thing too is like, you know, we're gonna talk about the other we're going to talk, we, we, we're talking about Flurry as well. I mean, he's got a $7 million cap hit. Like the Leafs aren't going to be able to absorb that. So, you know, yes. if that's going to be the goalie that's traded, they're going to need Vegas to eat some of that contract. And then are they going to be willing to do that? They were willing and to do that. And what do they want to do that? They were willing to do that in a trade last year, but, you know, things have changed. Flurry had an amazing bounce back season and, and Laner didn't play very well. So, yeah. You know, it's like, what do you trade your most popular player, the Vesna Trophy winner for? You know what I mean? Like it's, It sounds like this is a question that Vegas is wrestling with. Like, what do we do with this? You know, it's... It's difficult. There's, there's a, the goalie situations and writing about it was complicated because expansion complicates it. There's a lot of UFA goalies this year. There's a bunch of teams that have two goalies that, or, or even in some cases, three goalies. Like, look at... We didn't talk about the Columbus goalies, but Columbus needs to trade a goalie. But it, you look at the two guys, and it's like I, I saw Aaron Portsline, who covers the Blue Jackets for us, was he wrote a story a couple of weeks ago that was like, which one of these guys do you keep, and which one do you trade? Like it's not, 
And and you can say the same thing for, we talked about Arizona with Kemper and, and Hill. You can say the same thing. Uh, Vegas is obviously one of them. Um, there's, there's another, yeah. there's other ones I'm forgetting, but there's all these like goalie kind of conundrums around the league and the Leafs have to kind of read the tea leaves here and try and take advantage and, and, and try and get a, some of the goalies that shake loose in this situation. It's such a great point. Like even Boston, like you don't know what's going to happen with Rask and, and obviously they've got Swayman, but like maybe if Rask leaves, they're just like, Halak, we'll, we'll bring you back. Like you'll just be our Well, Rask our guy has again. said he wants to only be in Boston, right? So I can't, I, I feel like that gets done and there would have to be some sort of weird thing that happens there for it not to get done. What about Grubauer in Colorado? Like everyone thought that that was going to get done and then here we are less than three weeks or is it, it's like exactly three weeks from free agency today as we're recording this right now. That's not done. It doesn't sound like there's been a ton of progress, at least from what I could tell. Um, maybe that doesn't get done. Maybe Colorado all of a sudden become, you know, one of the best teams in leagues. Like, we need a starter. And maybe Grubauer goes on the open market as as potentially the best UFA available, and he's going to have a big price tag on him. But that changes the way the goalie market looks. And maybe, right. maybe some team out there... Uh, Maybe, I don't know, maybe like just just like to like throw, let's say like Anaheim really likes Grubauer and they're like, we want to get Grubauer, we're going to trade Gibson and that like shakes up the, the goalie landscape around the league. I don't know. I mean, I'm just speculating, but there's still a, good there's point. a lot yeah. of unsettled situations right now in goal. Well, and, and I would assume he's, his price tag is too much for the Leafs and also there are question marks with him, like... It's it's tough. Like Colorado has been has had goalie issues. Obviously, part of it is is his injuries and man, like it. Like you said, you. I think you've hit on the, the nail on the head. It's a really like it's like there's so many balls in the air. Like it, you're juggling so many things right now. If you're the Leafs, like you just don't know how this is going to shake out. Did uh, did we get through the whole goalie list? We didn't talk about. Reimer versus Bernier, which is oh, such, that's such an here. Let's let's let me just quickly mention the goalies we didn't talk about that are okay. were on our list. Sure, uh, Morazic, Bernier, Reimer, Ranta. We didn't really talk about, and then the two Columbus goalies. Those th- those mm-hmm. are all relatively down our list. I actually thought Bernier was going to end up scoring higher, but. I think it shows how many good goalies there are potentially available. That that someone like Bernier who. And the other thing I think people have to keep in mind with Bernier too is he's going to get some term on his contract, likely. I mean, it's it's, it's hard to know exactly how, how the goalie market's going to shake out, but I mean, I he was on a brutal Detroit team and played relatively well. It's just hard to see them going back yeah, to that. No, I don't think. Same with Reimer. I, I don't. Yeah, I I I poked around on on Reimer. It doesn't really seem like that's going to be a thing that happens, but. You know, maybe the Leafs don't get their their top four or five options, and then it ends up being that you know you sign one of the guys that's left for less. Yeah, the the problem with the other two guys, Mrazek and Ranta, is I just don't really trust them. Like Ranta has been hurt a ton, and Mrazek just hasn't really. You know what? He's just been fine. He's been okay. You know what surprised me about Mrazek is that he's played a lot more games than I thought. Like he's been around. Well, he was Detroit's like yeah. half. Like guy he, for a while, he had some games in or some seasons in Detroit where he played a lot of games. So Mrazek actually was. I went into it being like, this guy is like, you know, uh, who knows what you're going to get from him. And I looked at it a little bit closer. And I was like, you know what? Like, and the thing too is that his some of his like advanced statistics 
uh, goaltending statistics are better than I expected. So, you know, he, he, and the injury that he had, he was the one in Carolina, I think that had, he broke his hand, right? Like someone crashed into him and like, I don't know. I, I don't know that I can necessarily hold that injury against him. And he's actually played a lot of seasons where he's played a lot of games. So I don't know that I want to write him off just because he's injury prone. I, I think that he's actually kind of interesting. All right. I think I think we've gotten through everyone. We need to get to uh, the Morgan Riley conversation. I, I think it was interesting to kind of look through all the guys. And um, I came away with, unlike last summer, last summer, last off season, it, you looked around and you're like, yeah, is there, is there really great options? Now it just seems like there's better options than there were Maybe that's before. why the Leafs aren't that worried about the goal. Maybe they just feel like there's four guys we like. We're yeah. we're going to make a play for all of them, and we feel pretty good that we're going to get one of them and be happy with them. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right, James. Uh, we wrote about the three paths that the Leafs can take with Morgan Riley this offseason. And we believe that they're kind of at a crossroads with him just in the sense that they can sign him to an extension um, or not. And if they don't, should they trade him? Jonas, um, they're at a crossroads. It's not, yeah, it's I know. Not you didn't like, of, it's not maybe, it's not. Well, yeah, it is a crossroads. I, I said, I said at a crossroads. You didn't like in our story when I initially put sort of, because like, anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, we're going through this exercise together. We, we looked into it. Where do you think they, they go with this? Big question. <laughs> I don't know. Take a deep I, breath. I don't know what they're going to do. I don't have. I, I think what I was able to find out is it. It certainly there's optimism that there's optimism that Morgan Riley is going to take a number that makes sense for the Leafs. That that's what we were able to find out in our reporting is mm -hmm. that Morgan Riley really wants to play for the Leafs. He wants to stay, and it sounds like he'll be willing to take a number that's going to be less than his his value on the open market. Um, looking at all of the comparables, looking at some of the contracts around the league recently, I would say his open market value is a long-term deal around 7 or 7.2 million, even in a flat cap environment. Um, that's going to be too much for me to bring him back with the Leafs. But if Morgan Riley wants to do something that gets that cap hit down you know, ideally you're looking at low sixes, then all of a sudden I'm, I'm a lot more interested. So, and I, and I think that I don't know exactly where the number is going to come in, but I think that there's a conversation there that makes sense for the Leafs and for Riley to, to keep him. 
Yeah. So that, so after we published that, I, I kept thinking about it. And initially that was my thought too. Like if you can sign him to, I don't know, a six year contract around 6 million per, like I'd, I'd consider it because as you pointed out during our conversations, they can always trade him. Like there's always going to be a team that that's, well, that's willing to trade Morgan Riley. Number, right? Like if it's, if it's a decent yes. cap hit, he'll have value. And look how many minutes he played last year. Yeah, the most on the team. He's a he's a workhorse at. at I guess what's Frank. concerning me a little bit, James, like with like, I th- I feel like with extensions you got to be really careful, um, and and there are some indicators that that kind of worry me a little bit. Obviously, his power play role is is to be determined. He doesn't kill penalties defensively. Obviously, he's he's not a he's not elite or close to it. Um, he does some things really well. Obviously, moving the puck. Um, driving the offense, but I, I just worry about committing now when I'm not totally sure. And that would lead you to the trade conversation. The tough thing with the trade conversation is like, how do you trade him and still keep your defense in a reasonably good place? Because like you said, he plays tons of minutes. So if you're trading him, you're you're going to need someone back or you're going to need to sign someone who can play those kinds of minutes. It's funny, you know, I went into this this, you know, I wrote earlier in the offseason that about them potentially trading Riley and the reasons why it might make sense and the cap space that it would free up and all this stuff. And then we went through this exercise and I talked to lots of people around the league and, you know, we learned how much Riley wants to stay and that he's going to take quite a bit less to stay. And my kind of my opinion changed because I, I don't see I don't see Dermot or Sandine being ready to replace him. And not this year, and right? I, I don't think they would be a year from now either. You're in this contention window with Matthews and Marner and Tavares and you know Muzzin and Brody, the ages that they are. You've you've got this group, and and the other thing too, and then we've talked about this and we've disagreed about this. So we don't need to go all into this again, but like I don't want to lose Morgan Riley for nothing. So I want to either make a decision here. And if the decision is to trade Riley and get something back, then do that. And if the decision is to extend him and make him part of the future, then do that. I understand the fans that are down on Morgan Riley. I think what you have to realize is that for $6 million, you're not getting the best defenseman in the NHL or for 6.3 right. or whatever. You're getting right. a defenseman that has – Riley brings a lot of really positive elements and he brings some negative elements too. And it's on the coaching staff to find ways to use him – in the way that makes the most sense to take advantage of his positives and to mitigate his negatives. And, you know, I think we saw that in the playoffs. I think he had a really good postseason. Um, do you think, I mean, there's, do you think the injuries have, have accumulated for him? Because I don't know that his mobility this, this season didn't look maybe as dynamic as it has been in the past. And that would be a concern for me. Sure, that's that's reasonable. I just wonder how much of that is aligned with how they wanted to play and not taking the kinds of chances he might have taken in the past. Now he still took chances, obviously, and sometimes those didn't pay off. Well, I people are down on Riley for all of the odd man rushes that have been coming back the other way. Uh, it looked like to me that they were almost telling him, "You're going to be our defenseman that activates again and again and takes chances." And because we know that Brody's so good coming back the other way, that he's well. And that's like if you have Riley, like what's the point of Riley if you're not going to have him take the odd chance? You know what I mean? Like 
I, I did. We, he's good at it. I did. That's the kind of question I would love to ask the coaching staff when we're not like on a Zoom call with everyone listening. I would like to, uh, you know, say to Sheldon Keith, like, are or 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 go talk to Morgan Riley in the dressing room and be like, are they telling you to like be really aggressive and to activate as many times as possible and to go for those 50-50 pucks and. You know, people can be down on the player all they want for making bad decisions, but it could be part of their scheme where they want him to do that in order to generate offense and they feel comfortable about what they're going to have coming back the other way. Like maybe they're asking a forward to cover for him or I don't know. I just. Well, and, and James, like some, that's what happens. Like so you, you're going to remember the chances that don't work out more than you are the chances that do like that. Like that's to me, like it reminds me a bit of the, the Gardner situation where you just remember the blunders and you don't, you kind of lose sight of everything that he does well. The problem I have with, with your stance is you're presenting me with two not great options. And if, if those aren't great options, like I don't love the idea of like the contract, depending on what the contract is. Like I'm like, okay, like depending on the terms and the trade is, is tough to pull off. I don't hate just keeping him around. And and I know the front office kind of isn't against that idea and hasn't been against that idea, obviously, with lots of their key players. So to me, like if, if I was scaling it like that, to me, that feels the likeliest that they just keep him and don't sign him. But it'll look really bad if he walks, though. Like it's. Like, but you can always sign him later. Like you can always sign yeah, him next but summer. You, like, but you have to. Like you're removing the trade option off the table, right? But that gives you another year to see where your team is at. But it gives Riley the leverage where he, you know, all of a sudden, like. But if he's willing to take a discount now, isn't he going to be willing to take a discount later? And it, yeah, that's where I feel. I get what you're saying that you don't love either option, but that's kind of where that that's where you end up with these situations, right? Like you. Well, I you mean, let make, me ask you, you this: Like, would the Leafs decision. have been would the Leafs have been better off extending Zach Hyman last off season? Yes, of course they would have. Yes, I guess it would have depended on what the contract was, right? Like, if it was like four by four or something, it would have been less than right now. I mean, if they wanted to keep him, then or the other thing too, Jonas, I think they could have got a ton for him in a trade. Like, if they traded him last off season, I think they could. Maybe. I think they could have got a lot. His cap hit was low and other teams loved him. So by doing neither, by neither giving him, I don't know, like you, you got to be careful. To, if you do that too many times, you're just diluting your talent pool again and again. And the only way you can replenish it is either through the draft or through free agency. And and the draft takes a lot of time, which the Leafs don't really yeah. have right now. And free agency is tends, players tend to be overpriced and expensive. Yeah, it's 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 hard to win in free agency. It's hard to build your team. Like if you look at the teams that win the cup, like you look at Tampa, how many of those players did they sign in free agency? It's a pretty it's a pretty short list. Yeah, and they've made trades. And like one thing that that you watch them, and their defense is is obviously so deep. Um, and they can they don't have to play Victor Hedman the toughest minutes, and they don't. Like they have basically two other pairs that can take the tough minutes, which. Man, and like you're looking at it, so Hedman they draft obviously, they trade for McDonough, they Sergeyev. trade for Chernak, and Sergachev Cer- Cer- they trade for and then develop, and like he's awesome, and then they trade for Savard. Like so, the way that they're able to trade for those players is they they have drafts. they have a ta- good draft base, yeah, and they have a talent base yeah. on their roster that they're like they are not letting guys walk to UFA and just letting them go. 
I know they went through it with the Stamco situation, but I think that that was one where they felt like he was going to stay and they felt comfortable. And maybe the Leafs feel like that with Riley. Maybe they feel like the, the deal is going to get done because maybe the negotiations are... This is the way that what you're saying makes sense. If the negotiations with Riley are to the point where the Leafs are like, okay, we feel pretty good that this will get done and we like the number. Yeah. I think that makes sense. To me, it seems um, like they're going to keep him. So... I just think he's he's different than those other guys. Like he's more um, foundational. Obviously, he's been around uh, like almost ten years now. Um, I did, I don't really like the Leafs blue line without him. To be honest, I mean, I think that if you're going to trade him, you need some sort of alternate solution there. If that's yeah, Dougie well, Hamilton it would be different if yes. Well, and then you're you're paying through the nose to sign Dougie Hamilton, and Dougie Hamilton's older and obviously better, but. Dougie Hamilton's going to get eight million a year on like a long deal. So, yes, he's better, but he's going to be more expensive than Morgan Riley. It's going to be more expensive. Yeah, it's complicated. It's a difficult situation. Um, before we we go, let's briefly touch on the Wayne Simmons deal. Two years, nine hundred k. So he gets a little bit more term. The Leafs get a a dip. I like. I don't have a problem with it. I do think that whatever they do next in terms of free agency trades, they need to make their roster or their forward group more younger, a little more agile, a little more skilled. Yeah. What do you think I, of the Simmons signing? I can only signing? evaluate the Simmons signing when I see what they do the rest of the offseason because yeah. I don't think that the forward group's depth was good enough this past season and they haven't made it better yet. Uh, obviously it looks like free agency is going to be where that happens. Um, Simmons, the, the, like that number is more appropriate for what his value is, you know, and I know he said in, in the press conference after they signed him that, um, the injury really kind of, uh, affected his effectiveness. Um, nice. I like that yeah, word. Play. Yeah, that was, uh, let's do more tongue twisters here at, <laughs> early in the morning on the podcast. Um, because there were, there were points in time during the season where Simmons looked really, really good. And then he, he broke his wrist and, uh, we didn't really see that Wayne Simmons again. So, you know, it sounds like the Leafs feel like they can get him back to that level. Um, Simmons really wants to be there. Obviously, I think as long as you're willing to sit him at times when you need to, and as long as you don't play him too high in the lineup, I think it's fine. My only concern is that they love the personality so much that they're willing to kind of let some of the on-ice questions linger. Like, I'm just not sure how much he has left. Like, to me, he should be a clear fourth liner. Like, I don't play him higher than that. So, the, what I was going to say, Jonas, is that they have too many guys who are probably fourth liners. Like, Yangball yes. is a fourth liner. Um I'm forgetting somebody. Spezza. Spezza is Brooks. best served by being on your fourth line. Brooks. Uh, Mikheyev, you can make the case, unless you can generate more offense, probably should be on your fourth line. Like yeah, they, on a really good fourth line. Like sure. You look at, at who Tampa has on their third line, and they don't. none of those guys would, would be good enough to be on Tampa's third line. No. Well, and that was the problem in the playoffs. Like They basically had two fourth lines, and neither could score. Obviously, Jason Spezza scored. Um but you couldn't expect anything from Mikheyev and Engvall and Kerfoot obviously had Simmons. points, but yeah. So interesting. 
All right. Well, this was fun. There's going to good be a lot happening here. The expansion draft is less than two weeks away. Free agency is less than three weeks away. So we're going to have a really good idea what next year's Leafs team is going to look like in three weeks. So I know there hasn't been a ton of content on The Athletic on the Leafs lately, but uh, I think what we've done has been good and we put a lot of time and and research and reporting into it. Um, But that's going to change here real quick when stuff starts happening. It's going to be a fun time. So we appreciate you tuning in, sticking with us. Uh, If you haven't tried The Athletic, go to theathletic.com slash leaf report. And obviously the cup final, as we record this, is is still going. It could be done by the time you listen to this. Um, You can check out The Athletic Hockey Show if you want to hear some Stanley Cup chatter. Um, And obviously there's a lot going in on outside of the Stanley Cup final with the situation in Chicago. Um, There's lots to pick through um, right now in the NHL for sure. Right, James? I agree, Jonas. All right. All right. Well, thank you, James. Thank you, everyone. Um, And we will be back next week. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic.